You're listening to The Real Witches of the End Times, transmissions straight from the underworld. Hey, Doom Witches. Welcome back to The Real Witches of the End Times. I'm your host, Mana Bueller, and today I have with me Rachel from Cha Cha Tarot on Instagram. How are you doing, Rachel? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really happy to have you. I had a... We have a mutual friend, Tarot with Tux, and I already followed you, and I just had like a gut feeling one morning where I was like, oh, I feel like I need, I feel like I need to interview Rachel. And then it wasn't long after that that I saw a post on your story about how you have twin children and I have identical twin sisters. And for me, like obviously twins, identical twins aren't common, but when I see them, it's like, oh, there's something here for me I need to pay attention to. And then you had um, on your page that I looked at one of your Oracle decks, the Dragon Oracle is a deck I've never seen someone else have. Um, it was just all these tiny little synchronicities. And I was like, oh, I'll just throw it out there to her. And we'd never talked before. So I'm really glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, I love the synchronicities. As I, was, um, as I like to say, synchronicities are kind of like our only form of proof. It's psychic proof. That's all we have going for us. So anytime you see those synchronicities, you're just like, yes, that's the right track. Um, that's what I need to do. Yes, I I had a really weird one earlier last night where I've been working with learning how to digital paint. And one of my friends sent me a message a while ago about um, just to ask like my parents if they have one of these weird little stylus pens because I didn't have a stylus. And they did, so I had it. And then a day later, they sent me, uh, my friend, a photo of a stylus they found on the ground. And it was the exact same pen that I had here wow yeah oh wow uh, so I just wanted to share that but I really want to talk about how because last week I did an episode on um my personal kind of strange interpretation of angels and obviously not everyone has that interpretation and you have a different relationship with the angels and also you are someone who uh, identifies as Christian and practices witchcraft and these are things that both communities you see a lot of on each side of um, this that they seem to think that these can't like coexist in the same person or you can't be both and I am really fascinated with um, breaking barriers of identity and all of these things and kind of like stepping away from labels in a way that um, lets you kind of find your own path so I would love to hear how your relationship with Christianity and witchcraft has kind of manifested in your life. Yeah, you're so right there because labels get clunky where if you don't identify with all the aspects of a word, it gets really hard to call yourself that because people feel the need to argue with you on who you are, which to me, it just feels ridiculous because it's like, you can't, you can't argue me. I am me. I will win this argument. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so one thing is I'm happy to hear that a lot of people are kind of moving away from labels and instead are just living their life. I do see that out in the world, but there's still a lot of people that really need neat little boxes. Um, I, for one, live in a suburb in the conservative Bible Belt of the United States. Um, and I do add witchy rituals to my practice. I am a closeted witch at the moment. Um, so nobody that is in my non-Instagram life knows that I do add rituals or do tarot or um, work with nature energy or the moon cycles. Nobody knows that. Um, I'm also a Bible reader and the occasional churchgoer. Um, but Christian witch seems to be one of those impossible word pairings that people can't wrap their head around. It's like, it's like if you were holding... Um, opposing magnetic ends together and people can't make it stick so much that it just it literally repels in their mind like it repels their idea of the way the world is so I guess I my um approach to that 
was just living my life. I read the Bible and I read tarot and I do Reiki and I work with the elements of nature and it all exists in me in the same space. And I haven't exploded yet. Like it's not contradictory enough to where it's like, I cannot have this happen in a human. Like it, it's happening and it is okay. <laughs> I just don't label it as much um, as I live it. And it did take me a while to get to that point of moving away from the labels and just kind of, um, cause I did kind of like, I would fight it a little bit and be like, no, but I'm Christian, but I'm also a witch. And I just really had to let go of that because both words have such connotations depending on who you're speaking to. So I just kind of explain what I do instead of label who I am. If that, um, if that makes sense with that whole, <laughs> that made so much sense. That was very clear. Um, I, you mentioned to me when we were talking a little bit yesterday, about how you use the Bible with bibliomancy sometimes. And I feel like that's such a great manifestation of these two seemingly impossibly paired identities. Uh, <laughs> I love that idea. Yeah, because, and honestly, I've never actually sat down and read the Bible all the way through. I've tried doing those Bible in a year. I even had a couple different Bible in a year apps, but I, it took me a while to realize all of the words in the Bible are not meant for me. So it ended up just organically becoming this form of, I just kind of rub my thumb against the um, ridges of the pages and it folds open and my eye will catch on something. Sometimes it's an angel number or like one of those, um, a page number or a passage number. And I know that the number or the numerology is the message for me. So I look that up. Sometimes it's um, sometimes it's the actual passage and sometimes it's the feeling evoked from a couple of pages. I've definitely had it be where um, I'll get a page and it'll be a new page and I'll like flip a couple. I'll feel like the draw to flip a couple pages before and it'll be a page that I read um, a previous day and I realized like, oh, I've moved through that phase. Now I'm on, it's like a next step type of thing. So it does intuitively change. It's not always the literal translation is the message, it, but it does give me like an oracle form of message and it's been a really beautiful relationship. That's so interesting. I Sometimes when I will read or when I used to kind of look at more things like how to do like bibliomancy, let's say, um, it seems like a very like intuitive thing to do. But there's some people that are very much like a stickler of like, if you can't, like if you don't resonate with the message, like that's it. Like whatever you drew is like the message you need to get. And I think that's true to some extent. But also I feel like when like I'll, I'll open up a book or something and I'll feel like, oh, like maybe this isn't a message for me now. This was a message for me earlier. So I'm glad to hear that someone else kind of will notice things like that in the book as well. Oh yeah. Or, um, exactly. That has happened to me too, where I'm like, I don't know this one or the next day I'll get like the next piece of it. And I'm like, okay, this is, it's a puzzle that I'm trying to piece together as I continuously live through the days. I feel that way with tarot too. Like you'll get a reading and you'll be like, I understand this. Sure. Or, um, or it'll be like really confusing. And then the next day it's like, oh, life happens that way that's what you were saying. It's the same way with um, the way that I read the Bible. Sometimes I feel like I get, I'll get messages too, like for other people, like, well, this was an example specifically of me, but I am currently staying with my family during quarantine and my little sister opened a fortune cookie and she's 10 years younger than me. And it said like, what you were seeking is in your pocket. And she was like, what are you talking about? Like, and she's like, this isn't like, this is dumb. Fortunes are dumb. And then we're also in the kitchen. And then my dad opened the back door. And this is probably not even 10 minutes later. And he like yells up the stairs like, hey, Carrie, that thing you were looking for, it was in my jacket pocket. No way. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wow, that's mind-boggling. I just love the way that that lines up sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, there's all sorts of messages that we get in general that um, that we say that are just, they're just as much for us as for others. Like, you, you said yesterday um, how, for you, like, closeted doesn't mean inauthentic. And I think that there's so many, that's just something that needs to be said. Like, 
it felt so good when you when I read that when you sent that to me like I felt like something that people don't really talk about sometimes yeah and it it took me a while um to really become okay with that and to not feel like I was leading a double life or like I had a secret um but it really was more of a discerning on who gets to share my sacred space is how I see it. Because I know there are people in my life that um, even though they do love me, they wouldn't, they wouldn't support this. And I don't need that energy to something that is so sacred to me. So I share it with the people that um, are either neutral to it or that are enthusiastic and accepting because this is this is my heart. You don't just go around giving your heart to everybody. You know, you share it with the people that um, won't stomp on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's definitely something that, like, depending on a person's environment, like this goes for all sorts of different identities as well. Like, well, what depending on someone's like immediate environment, their like the public spaces they occupy like their geographical location, like all of this stuff plays, plays so much into um, like being safely open and communicating something. And there's off, you know, it's, it's all really awesome when people can like verbally and like visibly and all of those things like communicate um, the ways in which like they're a part of their identities. But there's also, I feel like a lot of pressure that like the only way to like be truly a witch is to like shout it from a roof or, um, again, like I think I mentioned every single episode I've recorded so far, like somehow like about like sexuality as well. But like um, there's people who recognize that they like if they if they identify as gay, but they don't feel safe in their environment, like they're, they're not going to share that with every single person. Like that's fine if people feel that way, that they can do it. And that's really cool. But it doesn't mean that someone's like any less authentically themselves if they don't immediately share every important detail of their life. So I'm so glad that you. um, Yeah, I think we need both types of people. We need the people that will shout it out from the rooftops that are so um, confident in their authenticity and in their um, ability to withstand the collective negativity thrown their way. Those people are amazing and are really paving the way for so many of us. And then we also need the people quietly holding the space um, in our own homes and just reaching a smaller scale, like talking to our children about different faiths or talking to our spouses or talking to close friends or even putting it out there the way that I do on um, the internet, holding space and saying, it's okay to venture into this journey little steps at a time until you're ready to just fully um, open up with everybody in your world. Because sometimes you do need those smaller steps instead of those giant leaps. I feel like both are so valid and so needed. Exactly. And I love how, like we hear also a lot about like the problems like with social media and there sure are a lot, but I, I'm really interested on because this podcast originally started as being a way to communicate kind of easy ways to um, or new methods to practice witchcraft or any other like energy manipulation type of things with like minimal materials, working with what you got, thinking of things in new perspectives and to like be accessible to to someone who is kind of just starting off um, on this journey and I am really interested in your perspective of Instagram as a witch tool because we talked a little bit about how you can see it as or can treat it kind of like as an altar or a workspace that someone can have um, when maybe having one in a physical environment isn't really safe for them. Yeah, and it does sound it does sound strange because there's so many messages of like, get off your phone and limit your screen time. And I do, I do that when it is like that mindlessly scrolling when you could be doing something else. Um, However, Instagram has really um, shifted a lot for me in giving me a safe space. So my account originally started um, as a journal. So I would, um, I started doing tarot challenges well, I guess I'll just go ahead and go back to the beginning um, of my whole 
how I got into Instagram, if you don't mind. Go for it. I, um, I, many years ago, was, uh, I guess you could call me like a reformed fake awake. I was first introduced to spirituality and metaphysics. And at that time, um, back in like 2012, 2013, I was like, oh, wow, this is so great. Let's take the love and light parts and totally discard all the rest. Which, um, of course, it got me like a giant eye roll from my guides on the other side. And I like to joke that they, uh, I feel like they put me back to sleep to try again. So I took like a five-year nap until I was ready. And during that time, I had a chance to go through one of the darkest nights of my soul. Um, I had the high-risk twin pregnancy that led to medical complications and my children um, having some medical needs, which that wasn't the hard part. It was the like abandonment by the people that I turned to and just, uh, it was really a low and isolating time on top of postpartum depression and anxiety and um, some PTSD from the extended NICU stay. And, um, I just, I had like this hypervigilance around them. I was convinced that God wouldn't give me something so beautiful, like the gift of motherhood without taking it away. And so after about five years of constant panic attacks and fear and isolation, um, that's when I got my wake up call and I found my tarot deck from the years before in my garage. And I just sat and started doing these tarot challenges for um, self-reflection. And I personally have a hard time journaling. I feel like um, writing something down in a book and then sticking it in a corner is still keeping all of your secrets. That's just my own perspective. It just keeps your secrets over in your room as if they're like, hey, I'm still here. Like you didn't really release me. You just put me on a paper to hide over in this corner. So to kind of work with that, I started an Instagram account where I created beautiful imagery through tarot cards and crystals and just laid out all of, um, all of my pain, all of my trauma, all of my fears. And it helped me see like, what, what were all those shadow parts? Why did I feel like I didn't deserve the good in my life? Um, why did I feel like everything would be taken from me? And that led to just really journaling through it all and putting it out there. So Instagram let me release and it also brought a lot of acceptance and friendships into my life. And organically, it turned into a way of being my own practice time. I would set away time every day to sit with myself I would create these little mini vignettes and I realized that this was a form of an altar. I did not feel comfortable having an altar in my home at the time because um, I didn't want my in-laws to find out or anybody visiting to find out since I am closeted. I do currently have an altar, a small altar in my bedroom, but um, but at the time I, I didn't know how to have that, but I still wanted a sacred space. So this is my way of creating a sacred space every day or multiple times a day. And then I, would able, I was able to clear it away, but it would still remain out there. And yeah, that's how I use Instagram as my own little witch tool to connect with other people and to release my intentions into the universe. It also helps because once you release and you step away from the app, it's very easy to bring that manifestation into your life because, you know, they say, like, say it and then release it. But one thing when I do rituals and stuff, if I'm just burning something or repeating it in my mind, it's still going to be cycling in my mind. However, when I put it on a post, I'm easily able to step away and then things just happen um, that are aligned with what I'm you know, needing to receive at the moment. It doesn't work if you're like in it for the likes. You got to step away from that. <laughs> I think there's a lot of, um, trying to figure out how to say this. Like when it, it's a good way to practice too. Like you said, like when you put an intention out into the universe or spirit or whatever, like the idea of like stepping away and you just, and you know, like regardless of whether or not your phone's on or off, you're staring at it. Like once you've set it out there, that 
it is being receptive to people. Even if, yeah, like if people are um, chasing likes, like this doesn't really work. But even if, let's say, no, if it's not getting a lot of likes, there's still like visibility happening. It's still out there. It's like, it's, um, it's a lot easier, I feel like, for the logical mind to understand how something like that would work. So it's almost too like a good way to practice trusting when you're not, let's say, working with Instagram and doing some other type of work to trust that it is being heard because it's worked like with Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I do a, a similar thing with my art. Like I, I felt really uncomfortable about like about just like sending people my art or things like that visually and things like well visually and of the, of the like or music. So I'll put stuff on uh, my, my Instagram page and I just know, okay, whoever sees it will, will see it. And then there's something that's fulfilled, at least in, in me, by doing that. That's like, oh, I've shared this, and now I've shared it, so I don't feel like I'm keeping something from myself anymore. Yeah, and I wouldn't have become a professional tarot reader if it weren't for Instagram. The whole reason I started was um, I, I actually signed up to do like this uh, give away a deck and receive a deck thing around Christmas time because I had a deck laying around that I wasn't using and it was just that whole um, energy exchange. So when I went to the post office to drop off this deck, um, it ended up, I, my uh, pen pal receiving the deck was over in another country. And so I had to declare what was in the package. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like at the post office in my town, just like, oh, my stars, like, I'm really going to tell these people that I am carrying a tarot deck, what is going on? And the guy behind the counter was like, looking at it, he's like, oh, you do tarot? And I'm like, oh, I mean, not professionally. I mean, no, you know, and just like covering it up. And he's like, and he ended up just being like, yeah, you know, I just did a moon ceremony. And we both at the same time were like, oh, my goodness, it was the eclipse. And he was like, yeah, you know what's up. You know, you don't need to think about what people think in this town. You should just go and you should read. You should get that confidence. You've got it in you. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, I didn't even plan to go to the um, to the post office that day. It happened to be that my mother-in-law was like, oh, do you have any errands? Let me watch the kids. And I was like, I mean, I do. Yeah, let me go run this deck that I've been meaning to do. And And that message was just there waiting for me, like, and of course, I got in the car and I was like, oh, no, the universe just hold, heard me say, I don't want to be like a real tarot reader. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> and, and just shared that story. And I was like, OK, I, um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to set up a shop. And I feel like this this happened to be like, just just go for it. So it, the, it happens. Things come into your life when you just release it out in there. Yeah, they do. And it is so funny to me the amount of ways we figure out to dismiss things when they do show up. Like, I've been so much more cognizant of it lately. Like, even as, like, into the woo that I am, I still am incessantly like, oh, like, I didn't, I didn't manifest that. That just, like, happened to be a thing. Or like, oh, like, this, like, all these, like, random little things in my life, but I'm trying to pay more attention to them. But it is, it is so incredible to like hear like stories like that, which like I hear from every single person I talk to and they're so amazing and unique in their own ways. And then I try to start to think like, okay, how many, like if I'm really conscious with myself and really honest, like how many times does something like that happen to me? And it's like a lot. If I let it be a lot, if I don't push it away and I don't pretend that it's just like some weird thing that happened and I just recognize that it's one of those little um, a symptom of tuning into the consciousness of whatever the collective thing is, um, spirit, universe, God, any of it. Um, yeah. And I just love, I love hearing things like that. Yeah, so it was a, it was a wild moment. Like just the random amazing man at the post office was just like, you got it. And like, you don't even know if I'm a good person <laughs> or a good reader, but that, that made my life like that changed my life. And now I'm, um, I'm a professional reader and it's it's been a really amazing journey um sharing that out even a little bit more <laughs> do you remember what deck it was that you mailed yeah it was the housewife tarot deck wow that could yeah. be a metaphor in a way 
Yeah, because I um I I got it you know before kids. It was many years ago. It was a gift given to me um from my husband because I was like, this looks super cute. But then like after I don't know, just after like going through a lot, I was like, I don't resonate with this as much. Like the quirkiness just doesn't fit where I am. I just have a totally different vibe in my readings. I'm I don't know. I'm just drawn to different things. It's a fun deck. And I've even like seen pictures of it and I'm like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, since mailing it away. But, um, but I do, yeah, that's a really good point. Ooh, that it was just like moving off from just being the stay at home mother to having this other adventure show up in my life. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what deck you got in that exchange as well? Yes. Um, I got the, let me look up the name of it real quick. It's a long name. It is the unknowable lives in a pack of cards. I've never heard of it. I hadn't either. It's a Rider Waite Smith deck and an Oracle deck in the same package. Um, and at the time I, I didn't have uh, a traditional deck. I've I don't know. I've just never bought a traditional deck. So when this showed up, I was like, awesome. Um, and then the Oracle cards work really, really well. What? This just popped into my head. Because usually whenever I ask someone this question, they give me an answer from the Major Arcana. So I'm going to challenge you if you can think of one from any of the other four suits. What are um, some of the cards that you're just you just really like in um or are drawn to in any way even if it's not like for positive reasons um in in the cups swords wands or pentacles uh queen of wands is one of my identifiers and i feel like that um there's just something about the fiery feminine energy there that that's one of the two that i always look at um when I go to purchase a deck is Queen of Wands and the Star card are my two go-tos. Um, one that I also look at is the Seven of Swords because that one shows up all the time for me. So I want to make sure if I'm going to see a card that I'm going to want to enjoy the tree <laughs> 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 because um, it just, it, it comes up for a lot of different, um, just a lot of different, periods of my life when I'm about to go through a transition I know because the seven of swords will just start coming up in every single pull and I'm just like I'm ready <laughs> okay <laughs> I really like the two of cups oh that's a good one yeah I went to a well another weird thing that happened so I was I work at a I used to work at a bookstore and someone hung up a flyer and this was around valentine's day and it just said love in the underworld and a cult musical cabaret and i was like this is the most niche thing and targeted at me it could possibly have been hung up in this bookstore right now and so i went to it and it ended up being a one-woman show of her it was basically her processing her own trauma into like music and then sharing it with us as like a form of release um and she did 10 songs and it was like poetry and each song represented um, a different card from the suit of cups in the tarot. And it was the journey from the ace of cups to the 10 of cups. Oh, wow. That's a brilliant idea. That's a really great way of getting into that emotional state. Oh my goodness. I bet that was so cathartic for her. Yeah, she was. Like, you could tell, because there, there weren't a ton of people on the night that I went. It was a several-night show, but it was I went on the first night, and it was the first time she'd performed it. And there was it was such, like, palpable emotion that I, I think of this every time I draw any of the cups now. Like, it, it's actually, like, influenced kind of how I see it. Like, she brought up with, um, like, the Three of Cups is often, like, a super... Um, it's just... I guess I used to, at least, i draw the Three of Cups, and it'd be like, oh, like, this is, like, just a... Like, a, I think of, like, community and, like, gatherings and just kind of, like, social. I think of, like, summer festivals and, like, things like that. But she also brought up how, like, that's super, that's a super valid way to interpret it. But also sometimes it can be um, a little bit more, like, 
when you see in the movie where someone's having a really hard time at a party and it's in that three of cups environment and but so the actual interpretation would be like a little bit more nuanced or not dark but like gray oh i could see that because three being like a third wheel it's yeah. not so much a celebration as it is like, hey, I'm awkwardly standing here with my with my drink in hand and and I have nowhere else to go <laughs> because I'm here. Huh. Wow. That sounds really beautiful. And yes, yeah, definitely like a targeted go see this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when I went to the box office there to 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 go see it, um, I mentioned that kind of as a joke and the, and the lady who I was buying my ticket from, she goes, Oh, I hung that up in the bookstore. So <laughs> it's just like full circle. <laughs> <laughs> so we had kind of an outline of what we wanted to talk about. And then you mentioned this to me right before we started recording. And I want to definitely get into this. So you brought it up in kind of a way that you weren't sure if I'd want to talk about this, but I am 100% interested. And you mentioned about getting messages about healing with your spirit guides or healing your spirit guides. Yes. So I ended up, um, I've been doing a lot of like journeying style meditations. Um, not so much that I intentionally go into it, but it just kind of ends up being, that's how the communication comes through for me. And in one of them, um, I, I was with my team of spiritual guides and angels and spirit animals and dragons and everybody that I work with. And towards the end of it, I just reflexively said, hey, would you guys like an energy healing? Um, because I am, I'm also taking a really wonderful class um, at the moment where after working as a reader, um, you just offer the person that you're with an energy healing. And so it just came naturally to me, like, Hey guides, we're like working really hard right now in this era. Do you guys need a healing? And I felt like their energy was kind of like taken aback. Like, uh, yeah, like not, not many people offer this, but it would be amazing. So we kind of sat and, um, held hands in a way. And, um, I saw this like ripple of healing being sent down to us. And then I noticed that in the atmosphere of the earth, there were other circles of rippling drops. Um, and I was told, share this message because it's that um, idea of as above, as above, so below. There are guides working hard Um at this time trying to protect and guide us just as overwhelmed as we are and as in need of healing as we are down here on earth they are also stressing in a way of like really trying to help so just sending out that energy would just be a really lovely thing to do and you don't need to know reiki you don't even need to like get deep into meditation you don't have to journey you can just honestly pause this um podcast right now and just like sit, take three deep breaths and then say, I offer cosmic healing or God light or universal healing, whatever your term is, you can just say that. I offer that to my spiritual team and then just sit with it. If something comes through, that's amazing. Um, if nothing comes through, you can still just rest knowing that it is happening and then you can press play and come back to our chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love that. It's just been a message. And at first, when I got that, I was like, oh, cool, I'll share with my friends. And they were like, um, share with more people. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll make a video on my Instagram. And then um, when I got this uh, request to do the interview, I was like, can I share here? <laughs> like, I also didn't want to be like, let me share this platform that I've been given. But I, you know, I, if anybody listening um, feels like they, and even if you don't believe in spirit guides or anything, you can extend healing to your ancestors. Um, it really, whatever you resonate for, everyone needs energy um, and some love, light, healing. So just, just say whoever you resonate by whichever source you resonate with, send some healing. And it would really help. It really would. That's such a great way to kind of like practice that practice reciprocity like that. I think we're learning through this whole pandemic experience right now, like how much um, how much 
giving and taking like as as an equal energy exchange is really important in like both like physical sustainability and like in energetics and all of that so that's a great I'm so glad you shared that I'm definitely gonna start doing that more often with my guides like I I do I didn't have like this clear it wasn't like a conscious intention or thing that I was doing but with one of my guides um they're a lot more like my understanding with them and my relationship with them is like I call them more of like an ally in this one specifically because I just get this feeling that they're that they're helping me out and and hanging out with me and it's more like a friendship in a way where it's like as opposed to some of my other guys it feels like that they've they've made a decision to help like stick stick it out with me even when I'm being really difficult and stuff like that whereas this other guide or ally that I have is more it's much more like of a playful friendship where they're the one that I interact with the most at this point in my life but I'm also really aware that they have their own stuff that they go and do and I it's a relationship I've never had with another like spiritual being before but it's been a while of me doing this and I like whenever I watch TV or watch uh, something on my computer sometimes when I'm in the car or stuff like that it's like um I just imagine like and this sounds really weird (laughs) because I don't talk about this guy or ally a lot um like to other people just because it's so this out of context I know is kind of weird but like I'll imagine that they'll like kind of like if I'm sitting on the couch, they'll kind of just lay down and then my, I'll have like this energetic hand. So it's not my physical hand that um, like kind of like runs my hands over their hair and like scratches their head and stuff like that. Kind of like they're just another person in my life. And it's just like a sign of affection and things like that. But it always felt more like kind of something more along the lines of Reiki to me. And then when I'm in the car, it's like um, we'll energetically like hold hands and stuff like that. But it was more... Uh, it always felt not just the action, but as a way to share my energy with that being and that's then really them share energy with me. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think that's so beautiful. And I, I do, I mean, you know, we're told to like practice gratitude and everything, but I feel like this is just another level of that, of just, um, we have so much energy here that if we just, like, all we need to do is just say the words or offer that hand And it's, you know, I'm sure they've got lots of great energy out there too, but I think it just feels different coming from us or coming from somebody else. Like a gift feels different when it's coming from a friend and that's kind of what they're, they're doing. They're really acting in friendship or in um, protection or, or just some sort of kinship. Um, So I, I love that story that you shared. Thank you. Thank you for making me feel, um, you know, in the form of reciprocity here, you shared something very vulnerable and I, I like sharing vulnerable things back with people. So thank you for helping cultivate that. I think that's something that everyone should recognize more with the people in their life. So it's cool to consciously thinking about it. Yeah. And I've noticed that has been coming through on Instagram too, is a lot of people will come to tarot readers and healers and share everything that's going on in their lives. Um, like a lot of what I was talking to you about with the, um, with like the practicing tarot and practicing Christianity, you still, there's still some people that are new to this and trying to find that way. So I think just sharing that kindness, even towards energetic beings, just the same way that you would share towards the people here on this earth with you, it really does, it really does help. I think of it too, like with, um, like with, with the philosophy of animism, that everything has some type of spirit to it. Like I was thinking about this today as I was, um, helping my family or one of my family members kind of refurbish this picnic table, um, for, we did that most of the afternoon. I actually got my first sunburn of the season, which is always (laughs) a sign of a good day. Um, and yeah, so we were originally it started as we were just trying to peel the paint off or kind of scrape it off so we could put new paint on it and I just mentioned this idea to do this to the table to them in passing yesterday because I see this picnic table every time I come home and visit and I always want to sit at it but it's super gross it's just that type of paint that kind of comes off on your clothes and I just wanted now that I have the time I wanted to fix it but as we 
were scraping it off, it just became very apparent how many of the boards were rotten. And I started to like question, it's like, well, is this even worth fixing this picnic table? Like, should we just get rid of it and like build a new one? Like all this stuff. And then I specifically thought of animism, animism and was like, all of the boards and all of the bugs that have nested in this table because it's rotten and all of like the paint I'm peeling off and all of it, it's like they all have their own energies to them. And um, I, I feel like that there's something at least in this specific case, more um, on, like I'm honoring this picnic table by trying to fix it. And so instead of it being a quick, like, oh, we're not going to do it, like get rid of it and build something else. It became, it's like a, a whole labor of love situation now where I'm like working with this table to help it get, get it back to its best self. And instead of a one day project, it's going to be like a four day project. Um, and we all we got to today was basically replacing the boards and peeling some of the paint off. And tr but I don't know. It's like I feel like I have a relationship with this picnic table now. Did you just make a metaphor for the earth out of a picnic table? Because like that's all I could think about <laughs> is like <laughs> it's like it's so rotten. There's so many bugs in here. But you know what? It's worth saving. Let's peel the paint. Let's replace the boards. Like the whole time I'm thinking like she's she's going deep. It's a picnic table, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I totally does apply. That's, thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't have connected. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Oh. I'm going to think of that now every time I sit at this table. Yes, it's it's your new earth. It's your new earth table. Rest rest there and enjoy it. <laughs> and it's going to take uh, more than one day. <laughs> yeah. It's a laborious act, but each stroke has an intention. And it's like, too, because it's like, I, it's not my job to fix this table. It's not like no one's telling me I have to do it. It's I genuinely want to fix it. So that's something I guess it feels different too than when like when you truly come to understand, I guess, like when, when someone truly comes to understand how valuable um, or how invaluable the earth is, um, it, it's not work to try to keep things from hurting it or to stop or find the ways in which we're we're doing harm in our daily actions and trying to correct them. Like I went through um it, it took a lot longer to like I tried to find a to help my dad um find a tarp and then we had to like clear off this whole area on the ground and then lift it up and put it on it but that ended up taking a while but it was just because I didn't want to peel the paint off and have it all the paint chips and dust go all over the grass like that just felt disrespectful to me to the grass and the planet and I didn't know if the paint how toxic the paint was but that wasn't work it was like no I have to put this tarp down yeah, uh, when you yeah, when you do things right and respectfully, it takes a little time, but it's worth it than to walk by and see all those paint chips just resting on the grass and like, yeah, you don't want that. So I totally understand that. <laughs> well, thank you for connecting that. I am curious because I in the past couple of months have been like I've been doing readings for a while, but a couple of years but I really only recently started to use Instagram mostly because of the amount of people I've met through um through Soberish which we both listen to um mm -hmm. and most of those people are what we all connect online so I'm curious because all the readers I've talked to we all kind of do readings a different way so what are your kind of go-to ways that you do or if you want to talk about just I guess also like what you offer over on your Instagram in terms of hard poles and such? Yeah, well, it's really interesting. It started kind of evolving um, very differently. So for since the beginning, it was very minimalist, white background crystals cards and totally anonymous. I posted no pictures of myself. In the stories, you would get pictures of my pets. But that's pretty much it. You wouldn't really get anything of me or any personality aside from the um, paragraphs pouring out my heart at the bottom. But you wouldn't know whose heart it was. It was just um, the juxtaposition of the beautiful, um, very crisp, like almost clinical but in their beauty because it was very, very minimalist. And then you'd get like the, the depth in the words. Um, and then I started posting a couple of pictures I did like this challenge where um I started posting like some pictures of things that were meaningful to me 
And then I went on a camping trip right when the main um, outbreak here in the United States happened. And since I didn't have my crisp white background, I just did nature backgrounds. And it started to shift into something not so impersonal at around the time that people needed connection. And I find that a really interesting, like when I scroll back through, like the timeline of it, people needed to connect with real people, right? As my account shifted to like, hey, I'm actually a person named Rachel. <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, so my readings did start out just with myself. I really didn't read for anybody else. Um, I just did personal readings and I didn't really post collective readings or like pick one of three cards and find out which pile is yours. I never really did any of that. Um, my only collective thing at the time was this year before or like the year ahead for 2020. Um, now I'm doing a little bit of more of a mix of random collective energies as I feel called to it and still a lot of um, personal journaling. Um, but as far as reading for other people, one thing I've noticed is people turn to me mostly for energetic readings and healings. I get a lot of, um, requests for like chakra work, like reading their energies and how they go, th how they are creating like imbalances or I don't like saying the word blockages. Cause I don't really think energetic blockages are really there. Like the energy is still going to go. It's just maybe like a little slower. Mm. Um, but as things are going in your life, if they're not quite working in a way that feels aligned, people come to me to find out like where, how can I help this? How can I heal? And then I try to give them little tips to help heal and let them know what I see. So I do a mixture of clairvoyant reading and um, tarot cards just to kind of bring it to more of a concrete things because sometimes my clairvoyant images are like, very abstract um and, so tarot, <laughs> <laughs> and then the tarot kind of brings it a little bit more down to earth and more concrete um but I do read tarot cards I guess a little differently than other people do so when I first started reading many many years ago I was like I have to learn every card by the book and that's hard <laughs> I do not recommend doing that it just <laughs> either <laughs> it didn't work so when I picked up my deck again I just kind of answered the questions based on what cards there were and intuitively looked at the image and then followed up by like I would google um or go to Pinterest and see you know type in whatever card it is and trust that whatever the first link or picture that comes up would be the one for me to read and then I would just read whatever passage and go from there but um cards change meaning for me every time because different parts of the picture pop up into my, um, into my vision. So sometimes it'll be the tree that I notice and I'll realize like it's about growth or it's about rooting down, or sometimes it will actually be the people and I'll be like, oh, their, their expressions or their clothing are what's um, going to guide this reading. And I do love reversals. A lot of people don't read reversals. I love reversals. I get a lot of reversals. <laughs> and they always mean different things every time. I feel like if I wrote a tarot book, it would be awful because it'd be like, it's intuitive. The end. <laughs> like, it changes. So reversals sometimes for me mean it's an internal thing. So whatever the typical card meaning, it's um, something that is going on inside of me instead of in my external world. Sometimes reversals mean um, look at the card differently. So like flip it back over and look at it differently than you would normally look at it. And that's when I know to look for the imagery instead of the actual deck meaning. And sometimes reversals mean um, your life's getting flipped around. So I've had spreads where all of the cards are reversed and I'm like, oh, I'm going into a season change. Like, it's kind of like a little energetic warning of like, hey, you're about to leave summer and go to fall and winter in your season. But you know what? You'll come back to spring. You've got this. We're here by your side. So I think that's how I read. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I really like the the divination inside the divination of when you when you would like clarification on things, how you set out an intention and then 
choose a link or something it's like tarot within tarot i i just love that uh i love how innate it is to people who are into this stuff where they make up we constantly make up our own oracles and ways to uh communicate with with the spirit <laughs> yeah and it's like when i first spoke with you and i pulled two um i pulled tarot cards and i got two kings and you know because i was like well how do i identify with myself i don't i don't really know i've never really thought of this um, and then in my mind, instead of it being like, you are king of cups and king of wands, what came to me was king of kings. You're a Christian, and yet you're also um, a tarot reader and witchy. So this is what you get to talk about, because this is who you are. And I'm like, okay, I got it. King of kings. <laughs> I will talk about that. <laughs> I like if you go based on like the, the meaning, you, you would be... Oh, no. If, if you go based on the meaning, you'd be like, well, King of Cups, that's emotional, and King of Wands, that's fiery, and it, it would take you in a whole new direction. You just kind of have to trust, like, whatever that first jump in your brain is and not overthink it, because that's what, um, that's inevitably what the meaning is. Yeah, that, that to me is always the sign of, um, not that there's, like, necessarily good and bad readers but someone who's like I always feel more comfortable if I'm getting a reading from someone who seems comfortable with their own intuition too and kind of um is able to tap into that 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 bothness that simultaneous um awareness and acknowledgement of the cards but also trusting the messages that that you get at the same time because I, I read in a very similar way to how you're describing um so I think that's something that I always I, I always want to encourage other people to do because I'm sure you hear this too all the time of someone who like really wants to get into tarot, but the idea of memorizing 78 cards, let alone uh, the amount of meanings for like the reversals, is just very daunting. And I I used to also kind of you know it was super by the book um, by nature, even though I'm an extremely woo woo magical person, I'm very logical and grounded in the 3D. So I approached tarot like I would a class at school. I was like, okay, what are all the books? I'm going to read them, and then I'll have all the answers, and then I can read these cards. And that totally wasn't the case. And I really struggled with it until um, basically early last summer. Uh, like I was doing readings, but it just wasn't like flowing the way I wanted to. Like my typical way I do readings was uh, without cards, and cards are a little bit more new for me. But I just had this basically week-long experience um, that had nothing to do with tarot, but it made me really trust my intuition. And then once I got back to my deck after that, it was like I'd installed some upgrade in my brain that was like, oh no, just trust whatever you think. And then since then, it's been not easy, but like it's been like, it felt, it feels natural to actually read the cards now. Yeah. And when I first started reading, I, it did not come naturally. So if anybody listening is brand new to this and they're like, oh, just trust myself. That's not easy. <laughs> like it's not, and it's okay. And I would actually sit with a notebook and I would do my, um, my little Instagram challenges and I'd sit with the cards and I would just sit and write, okay, so I got this card and this card. I don't know what this means. I don't know what this means over and over until I start writing like, okay, what do I see? I see that this card has blue. This card has orange. This card is of this suit. This suit means this, this number means this. And then as you kind of mindlessly start writing it all out, all of a sudden you'll find sentences are coming out and it's almost like a channeled message of like, oh, this refers to this part of your life or this refers to this going on in your current situation. And then you can look back and read it and um, and it'll blow you away. And then as you get into it every day, your I don't know, I don't know gets less and less until you don't write that anymore. And you just write out all of the symbols that you see. And then eventually you don't even have that anymore. You just write down the meaning. And then what really was hard for me was getting away from writing. So um, <laughs> Tara with Tux was actually my first time not writing for somebody when I was doing a reading. And I was reading for her. And I was like, I don't know. I've never done this where I just pull a card. And I'm just like, your message is this. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> never happened this way. 
Um, but I'm just going to trust it. And I'm with a friend. So like, if it doesn't happen, it's not going to be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, like it's, it's totally okay. No pressure. And the reading went great. And then my next, um, kind of like jumping stone was, um, doing it on Instagram live and just being like, I'm reading for random people that might judge me or might not. Let's just do this. And then that worked out okay. Um, and it's just, you, you do little bits at a time. And as you keep using the cards, you will eventually draw all of the cards or enough of the cards to understand the cards that come around that one card, um, that you'll just know it. You'll, uh, you will find yourself knowing all of the cards just by pulling them in your life because it's a, it's a story of a journey. And as you keep living, you are living this journey. You will get the cards. So that's how I kind of self-taught. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure that's going to be helpful for a lot of the people that are getting drawn to this now. Do you, um, Oh, it's hard to phrase this question, and I'm going to rephrase it in my head. I had it half thought, <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm ready to say it. Um, I was going to ask if, what are your thoughts on Oracle decks? Like, how do you use them with, with, with your readings? I'm actually, I'm looking at my decks, and I have a lot more Oracle decks than Tarot decks, and I think it's because I'm very particular with my Tarot decks, but Oracle, I, I give a lot of leeway. I only have um, five tarot decks it looks like and I have way more oracle decks <laughs> <laughs> um I I like them I like them as a balance with the tarot I um I like them because they pull different image like like the dragon deck it's just so different that you're not going to get those messages from your typical suits um so I think I think if you feel drawn to it, they can really enrich your practice. And I think they pair really, really well together. I love working with Tara and Oracle for the same thing because I feel like you get half of a story um, with the tarot card and then you get like another half with the Oracle deck. I also, I feel like my Oracle decks um, have come to me more in like a synchronistic sort of way like the work your light oracle I love because years ago I had a dream with the same imagery and one day just browsing um through decks I saw this one and I was like that's my dream that's my dream in cards <laughs> I need this <laughs> like it it's the same like the dream that I had was um I was climbing up these pastel pink stairs um, being led by this woman in a sari. And every time I would pass these people coming up and down the stairs and they were just so burdened, like they were stooped over, like there was something really heavy on top of them. And as I was moving up, I started to feel that heaviness. And I was like, I can't keep going. And she was like, you have to. And this was years ago. And Whoa. that dream is still so vivid, that staircase. And it was the same coloring and the same, um, the same feeling and a lot of the same little imageries that are in some of the cards in this deck. So I, I personally work really well with that deck. Um, and then I just, yeah, the animal decks I really am drawn to. And um, because I do a lot of energy work, I have a color deck that really works well with me. Um, yeah, I, I like Oracle decks. Me too. I am. I'm in the process of, well, obviously I'm, I think my slogan at this point is everything is an oracle, but I am working on making one myself. I haven't decided um, if it's just going to be for me or if I'm going to try to like print it off. But this quarantine time has kind of given me a lot more of the space that I needed to to kind of write out what I want, like the little, because to me, I want the guidebook to be a lot about like poetry and things like that. But again, like I'm bringing this up because the, the theme of it, which I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to say on the podcast, but I'll tell you um, in private, but it, it's a very specific thing. And I feel like that oracles can give a lot of context to readings, especially if um, like when you're reading for other people, like, even though, again, like, I'm, I'm very, like, I'm, I believe in, like, I essentially believe in everything. Uh, it's, it's nice to see 
directly how the cards and the themes from the oracle interact with each other because for me that makes the message a lot more personal and specific than um sometimes when it's just the tarot not to say that the tarot can't call you out on your shit but uh sometimes the combination is it's like like a a good sandwich in a way (laughs) Yes, yes, it's very layered. And I do when I do readings for clients, I will use a blend of tarot and oracle. Um, I do have up on my shop like an offering for if anybody doesn't like oracle or is I know there are people out there that are more open to oracle, but um, are still in a mental space where they shy away from tarot cards because of any um, negative connotations to them. So I do have that available in my shop but mostly what people come to me for is a blend and I feel like there's just a real richness to it Um, and I feel like Oracle just has that leeway of you know you can get a lot of the messages through in a smaller number of cards and you don't have to go by a standard meaning if there's something that you need to portray that doesn't fit in that journey um, story that Tarot has then you can create that through an oracle. Yes, I agree. I, I'm, I'm also just such a huge proponent of, um, of making oracles and not specifically just the cards, but like with other things too. Again, I can just ramble on and on about um, like creating, creating divination tools. And like, there's, again, like you mentioned, like with the tarot, like there's such, there's such value in kind of, um, those traditional aspects, but there's also something super freeing about um, creating your own definitions or ways to connect and interact with your environment. Brings both like the ethereal aspects of life and like the really grounded, bloody bones, ligaments part together. And I think that's kind of too how I view like witchcraft in a way where it's like it we're in this corporeal human automaton body and some of us like for me specifically I am I'm very much uh like I'm a very airy person like when I when I get like ideas and when I get invested in things so it's really hard for me to um stay in in the 3d like in, in interacting with my environment so things like um, witchcraft or working with herbs painting all these things that I do with a lot of different intentions kind of merge those two places for me and I think that there's some that's one of the reasons why um, I'm so drawn to cards and I think a lot of um, that there's kind of a a relationship between like witches and cards too is because it's again it's that union between earth and spirit that is really important like as we're human beings at this point yeah there's just a really beautiful relationship when you're holding something in your hands and you're also holding it in your um, in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit. Like it really just bridges all of it. So I I totally agree. So we are at about the hour mark. So we are going to wrap it up here. But is there anything else you would like to say? I've just really had such an amazing conversation with you and I really thank you for bringing me on this has been so fun I'm so glad that you were so open to my um my very forward um dm message where we had not talked before at all and (laughs) I'm just like can you please be on my podcast the universe says we have to do it Uh, (laughs) I I will not argue with the universe I do argue with my guides um probably more than I should (laughs) I mean, sure, it's one of those words that you're not supposed to say anyway, but I do argue with my guides, but I will not argue with, um, with synchronicity and the universe. <laughs> so where can everyone find you? Yeah, so you can find me at Instagram. It's Cha Tarot. So it's Cha underscore Cha underscore Tarot and Cha is spelled C-H-A, like Cha Cha the dance. Um, and then I do have a link to my Etsy shop on there, or you can look me up on Etsy at Chasha Tarot. No underscores for that one. Um, but those are my two platforms at the moment. Wonderful. And I'll put all those spellings and everything in the description too. So Wonderful. no worries there. All right. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. And I'm sure that we will record again. 
Oh, I would absolutely love that. Hey, it's me again, but this time it's after the show. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Witches of the End Times. If you would like to book a reading with me, you can find me at mothmana.com or at mothmanatero on Instagram. The links to those, as well as all of Rachel's information, will be in the show notes below. Oh, Doom Witches. Oh, my sweet, sweet Doom Witches. As you find yourself melting beneath this vast, dark, and glimmering sky, I hope you take a moment to take some of that doom and transmute it into something greater. And maybe this week, that something greater is you working out in the garden, digging a hole and planting something. Or maybe this is precisely the week that you take up necromancy.